You're standing there in your underwear, hair wrapped up in a towel, scanning the items in your wardrobe. Ugh. Too baggy, too beige, too meh, too frumpy, too tight. Why does none of this feel like me? I don't know about you, but something magical happens when I put the right pieces of clothing together. I feel sassier, more badass, bolder, cheekier, and most importantly, in my experimentation with style, I'm getting to know myself better. I feel more me. Maybe this resonates with you too. I'm Dr. Mandy Leto, executive coach, and this is Enough, the podcast, a show for overachievers, perfectionists, and anyone who's fed up with not feeling good enough. I'm so glad you're here. In today's episode, I'm playing with international stylist phenomena, Anita Farron-Clark, who's going to teach us how to experiment with clothes to align our inside with our outsides. What might it look like to express your you-ness unhindered by what everybody else thinks, or at least less hindered by what everybody else thinks? How we look on the outside, of course, has precisely zero bearing on our wholeness and good enoughness. So from that perspective, it doesn't really matter if you live out your days in yoga pants with your hair scraped up in a scrunchie. But the right clothes can help us lessen that gap between knowing that we're enough and actually embracing embodying it and feeling it. I used to write a style column for Psychology's magazine that was called How to Look Like Yourself, and it's a topic that I'm still obsessed with. Think about people like Iris Apfel, Google her if you've never heard of her, and also my friend Christina Glickman, who you'll find on Instagram. Look at how they've managed to artfully interpret what it looks like to be them with this joyful and delicious, unapologetic gusto. So Anita Farron-Clark, please help us to figure out how the heck we can do this for ourselves. What Iris does is she's so confident in her skin that she doesn't give a damn about comparing herself to others. She's just so happy about the way she looks, the way she styles herself, the way she puts color combos together, and that's worth its weight in gold. So my two things here is less comparison, more being about confident, about portraying yourself in the most enlightening, happy way based on what suits you, not what suits others. And then you're trying to shoehorn yourself into looking like them or trying to be like them. No comparison, be confident in your own look and style. Hang on a minute. What if you don't know what your look and style is? It's easy to assume that some people are just born stylish with their own effortless look. I just threw this on and I walked through life oozing charisma and authenticity. <laughs> uh huh. I grew up with a bowl cut and dressed in hand-me-downs, including lots of brown polyester. And yes, I know my parents did the best that they could, and there were clearly other priorities more important than young Mandy's style. But even as a grown-up, I was completely lost stylistically for years, which probably aligned with how lost and not enough I felt in real life. No wonder I was hiding. I asked Anita a little bit about her background. Was she stylish growing up? I'm really curious if looking effortlessly like ourselves can be learned. I've had years and years of being invisible because growing up, I was not fair enough. I was not slim enough. I was called aubergine 
by my family, dark and round. I was called sparrow legs because my legs were too thin. I was subject of a lot of racism. I was called packy and the N-word at school, bloody, bloody, blah. I was criticized by my mother, by my sisters, because, you know, Indians generally, sorry to generalize here, don't have a filter. By the time I got to 27, I was like so bloody confused because I was told not to do this, not to wear that, not to appear too confident, be more shy, be a bit more coquettish. Then it comes to a point where you are so confused in your mind that you think, do you know what? I need to just find my own way. What is it I like to wear, I feel comfortable in, if I was to try and cut out all that noise, all that negativity, what do I feel comfortable in for my body shape, my coloring, my lifestyle, my budget? So it really comes down to ha having enough, really, just saying to yourself, I want to just give this a go my way. I might get it wrong, but I might get it right. And then it is a process of experimentation. So from about the age of 27, I cut out all that noise and I just thought, you know what? I am good enough with how I dress and how I'm doing in my career. And it is really, really important to try and shut out that noise. Um, and also your own inner critic is saying, oh, you can't wear that, you're not slim enough, your thighs are too big, all of that sort of stuff. You really have to shut down all of that and say, okay, I'm just going to try something different because what I have, what I'm being told isn't working. It's not making me happy. So I'm going to just go it alone and there will be trial and error. What I love about what you're saying is this also requires a certain amount of self-trust. And when we're in this place of being gripped by not enoughness and self-doubt, and we're trying to make an image of ourselves that aligns with what's socially acceptable in our families, you know, with, with glossy magazines, with our friends, with Instagram. Actually, it's a, it's a moving away from our inherent sense of self and our wholeness and who we wish to create ourselves as in that season of our lives. Yeah. And there's not a right answer to this. It's not like it's there tucked in next to the DNA, you know, next or in my DNA next to my liver or something like that, that yes, this is the perfect formula for how I express myself. It's so intertwined with our sense of self and our, our supposed inadequacies because it's body stuff, which has all sorts of triggers involved with it. And sometimes it's safe to be invisible. And I think sometimes what, we end up doing, I know for certain in my experience is that in times where I didn't feel good enough, which let's face it was most of my adult life, I would kind of become invisible, but I would try to do it with very chic clothes. Like in case somebody did notice me, at least what I was wearing was chic, but it was mostly invisible, mostly black. And I would try to disappear myself because I didn't want to stand out. I should stand out with my achievements, but I should kind of blend in and not make a spectacle of myself. That was somehow the belief in my head. Dressing for fun and pleasure, that was somehow OTT, over the top. It was gratuitous. It was showy-offy. And I should just stay in invisible in black. Uh, and just to add to that, I think this 
a sense of going it alone and not wanting to dress like everybody else. I stay in my lane. I do my own thing on Instagram. Comes back to my time at school when I was mercilessly bullied and every blimmin' girl in the class would then jump on the bandwagon and, and side with the bullies. So they were all sheep. They all followed the master sheep. And I just, when I grew up in, into my adult life, thought, do you know what? I will never, ever be a sheep just to be accepted. And, um, you know, these, these girls in my class became sheep because they didn't want to be seen to be siding with me. It wasn't cool. So now that has now translated in what I do for myself in the way I dress and also what I do for women. I do not want to be a sheep because being a sheep has been a negative uh, association in my life because I think about the time I was bullied. I'm sorry that happened to you. Oh, that's okay, my darling. And what's come out of it is your mission. Let's like coin a new phrase for your business here, Anita. Hell yeah. Anita, she de-sheeps people's <laughs> style. <laughs> and what I love about this, and I think this is what makes you unique in a marketplace that is so crowded with stylists and image consultants. And I think one reason people might hesitate to go is like, oh, you're going to make me look like somebody that I'm not. And what I know of you is it's quite the opposite because you are deeply interested in how someone wants to feel. How are you creating yourself in how you put yourself together and show yourself to the world in this season of your life? So let's play with this idea. So if somebody's listening and they're like, oh, I thought it was just about color and body shape. And yes, of course you do all those things too, because that's part of the equation. And by all means do go and book a session with Anita, wherever you are in the world, because she does virtual sessions. But if somebody was starting to play with the idea of like, what do you mean? How does it look how I want to feel that it can bend the brain a little bit. So for example, play with me on this one. I want to at this at the age of almost 51. I want to I don't want to be invisible anymore. I want to be a bit more playful. And at heart, I'm a geek. Right? Like I have a PhD. i my biggest fun expenditure is not shoes and handbags, it's books. And so I have that, I love chic clothes. So I would kind of describe what I would like to look like as not invisible, a little bit more playful, maybe some geek chic. And I, I'm not like anybody else. I want to look unique, but I don't know how to translate that into clothes. So let's play with that back and forth. Sure. Okay. So first step would be when you open your wardrobe, Mandy, and you see it bulging with clothes, when you look at those clothes, what adjectives would you use to describe those clothes? Most of them, frumpy school mum. Frumpy school mum. Okay, so let's hold on to that. Now, if somebody was to see you at the school gates, what would they say about your style? Be honest with me. <laughs> That's a really provocative question. I'm not sure they would think frumpy school mom, but I don't think they would think all those things that I would like them to think sort of geek chic, a bit yep. edgy, unique. They probably wouldn't think that they probably would think safe, looks friendly, safe. 
And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just that's not how I want to come across. Okay. So then you say, so the adjectives you described as to your aspiration for your style is geek chic. Give me some more adjectives you would like to um, you would like to describe as your style. Well, I love the look of who's the boss lady in Emily in Paris. Sophie, Sophie, What's Sylvie, Sylvie, Sylvie. There's that little bit of sexiness to her as well, and that little bit of I just threw this on. And it sort of moves and it's sexy, but there's nothing try hard about it. But then there's adding that kind of geek chic element. So it's definitely chic. And I've also become terrified of, of dressing in any kind of a sexy way because it's like, get your boobs out or get your legs out. That's the old rule from when we were twenties, like one <laughs> or the other, not both. Right. Or probably you can get away with both in your twenties, but all of a sudden I'm like, I don't want to do either of those things necessarily. So this is the muddle that I'm in. So it's, it's that sort of French Parisian, good quality. It moves. It's a bit slinky and sexy. Like I am still a vibrant, hot tamale under this leather jacket, but I'm not trying too hard. No, 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 no. I don't want to look like I'm trying too hard. Okay. So geek chic sexiness without being too try, trying on, um, try hard, throw it on without um, looking as though you've made an effort. French Parisian chic. Okay. Excellent. So those are the adjectives you would like to use to describe your style and probably when somebody sees you at the school gate, that's how you would like them to describe you, correct? Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. So what you then have to do is you pop all of these lovely, very positive adjectives on a big big sheet of paper and you go through your wardrobe. So you go through your wardrobe and let's focus on geek chic. What are the elements that would make you geek chic? Would it be a beautiful pair of glasses? Would it be a crisp cotton, gorgeous silk shirt maybe? Would it be a beautiful tapered pair of black trousers with some super duper shiny brogues? Would it be a slightly oversized blazer, blah, blah, blah. If you don't know what the components of geek chic looks like, then there's Pinterest or there's Instagram. Then you go through your wardrobe and say to yourself, have I got these pieces that will make me rock and roll as geek chic? No. Okie kokie, I'm going to write those down on a shopping list and I'm going to see if I can pull a look together with some of the bits I've got in my wardrobe and some bits I need to buy. Then you do the bit with sexiness. Now, sexiness, I want to focus on this one. My goodness, we should definitely be rocking sexiness. And it's not about having everything in the shop window. It could be a little bit of shoulder detail. It could be showing a little bit of your decollete. It could be that beautiful bright red lippy. It could be the most sexiest strappy sandals. It means so many different things to different people. But really, it's about showing a little bit of skin without sort of being, oh, mercy Baku, it's all here for you to see. So, Ooh, no. la, la, la. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. so, so, you, you know, women are so worried about coming across as so as overtly sexy, in my opinion, having seen so many women that they end up then looking a little bit too frumpy. And the other terrible saying that we have in Britain is they feel that they will be mutton dressed as lamb. Hell, 
that's the only phrase I've heard coined in the UK that I don't hear anywhere else. So sexiness could be, you know, just showing a little bit more of your body, something that's a little bit more fitted, but it can mean so many different things to different people, so to different women. So again, go through your wardrobe and say to yourself, okay, when I wear this dress, for instance, do I feel a bit like Sylvie from Emily in Paris, or do I feel a little bit Bridget Bardot or whatever it might be? Or a bit Bridget Jones. Absolutely. (laughs) And if the answer is a little bit Bridget Jones, before you take that item out of your wardrobe, say to yourself, how can I make this a little bit more sassy and sexy? It could be it needs to be shortened or it needs to be fitted a little bit more or it needs to be worn in a way that um, worn with a leather jacket or it needs some bright lippy, et cetera, et cetera. So you basically go through all the really positive adjectives and see where the um, mismatches of what you've got in your wardrobe. And then you write yourself a shopping list and you get inspiration for how to cultivate that style from magazines or from Pinterest. And then you buy those items and then you experiment with putting the look together and never ask your teenage child (laughs) how it looks. Uh, Maybe your husband or partner might be honest, but I would say ignore all of those people. Parade and prance in front of a mirror and see how it makes you feel. Does it make your shoulders go back a little bit? Does it put a bit of a smile on your face? Do you want to go out immediately dressed like that? If all of those positive vibes are coming through, it means you've nailed it. Okay, so let's recap. How you feel in what you're wearing is a huge clue. And when it's right, you just know it. So this is going to require some experimentation and you'll start to find that when you nail it again and again and again, there's some kind of golden thread through the pieces and looks that just feel right. What is that thread? So maybe it's that the silhouette that you're loving tends to be fitted on you and the colors that you're rocking are true rather than muted colors. Or maybe there's some kind of unexpected, delightful accessory or detail, uh, like a winged eyeliner that's your signature look or fabulous sneakers. Or my friend Christina Glickman's got this trademark hair and hoop earrings thing going on. Find her on Instagram. She is such an inspiration. So this is going to require some experimentation and loads of trial and error and getting out of the shops that you're used to being in and trying new colors and new silhouettes. And most of all, it requires tons of self-compassion and a sense of humor because some of this stuff (laughs) is just going to go horribly wrong and you have to laugh at yourself because part of the noise that we're tuning out, like Anita said, is our own inner critic that's saying, you're too fat for that, you're too old for that, that is hilarious like that makes your butt look like a space hopper all of those things are noise and fashion can be noise social media can be noise what we're trying to do is really start to listen to that voice that says hey this is what I want to experiment this is what it feels like me this is what it could look like to feel like me so coming back to those adjectives Anita and I were talking about start to think about what it could look like for whatever your version of geek chic and a side of Sylvie from Emily in Paris. Those were my adjectives, but what are yours? And what could those 
translate into as garments, silhouettes, colors? What could they be as scents, for example? And if this makes your head spin on a stick, get a cuppa, get yourself on Pinterest, or reach out to Anita or someone else and get some help on this. This is the part that can be fun, but it can feel a little bit overwhelming. I get that. So I drop us back into the conversation around some of the triggers that might make someone want to reassess their outward identity. So Anita, what are some of the reasons that people might come to see you? The reasons are numerous, Mandy. Uh, It could be a career change, weight gain, weight loss, bereavement, menopause, a significant birthday, empty nest. It's when women find that they have time, the headspace to re-evaluate their style, um, how they feel about themselves and their image. That's, that's when they come and see me. If someone is just sort of a bit bored of their wardrobe, that's not enough of a reason. The triggers are quite profound sometimes. And sometimes when women open up, they start crying because they haven't had the time to really think about themselves. And, you know, I I find that really quite emotional as well. So, yeah, I mean, it could be uh, numerous reasons. Um, Most of my clients are women. I have the odd man or two who comes to see me. But, yeah, there's always something that triggers their need to reevaluate the way they look. If someone is exploring returning to the wholeness of themselves, because, spoiler alert, we're already whole, even though our feelings might be that we're not enough. We're not sexy enough. We're not stylish enough. We're not cute enough. We're not whatever, fill in the blank enough. And that's what this podcast is all about, is trying to give different options of how to return to that wholeness that is and has always been there. And clothing and color and style and scent and makeup and shoes and glasses and accessories This is one way to experiment. And maybe you never thought about it in that way, but it's definitely a way of experimenting that if I permissioned myself to trust myself, if I permissioned myself to play, if I permissioned myself to, as you said, Anita, shut out the noise and just get curious about how I want to express myself kind of go back to your inner four-year-old, like it doesn't need to be clip-clopping around in mom's shoes with a big tutu and all of that. But what if I permission myself to play and experiment and fail and laugh at it and really just align from the inside out? That's what I think, that's who you are for me, Anita. You are the alchemist, the, the magician who helps women to experiment with returning to their wholeness through the canvas of their clothes. Oh, thank you, Mandy. That's such a lovely, kind thing to say. I think once you give yourself permission, you find that you sit better with yourself. You ignore the fact that you might not have the perfect body or this, that, the other. And let me tell you right now, there is no such thing as perfection and to give you a example when women say Anita I'll come and see you I'll book an appointment with you after I've lost half a stone hell that never happens they never book that appointment ever so I would say if you if how you feel 
um, in your style and how you want to convey a certain aura or look. Um, everything aligns, you feel happier, you're more likely to be successful in every aspect of your life, you're more likely to make really positive connections. You're more likely to make eye contact. You're more likely to get on a video call, et cetera, et cetera. You will radiate exuberance and confidence and people will want to be around you. So it has such a positive, massive impact on your life. Um, and I know this because I'm one of those uh, case studies who was so invisible, who followed um, what people said and uh, I, I, you know, I saw people being a sheep, but when I broke out of that, my life is just so much more fulfilled and I'm happier and I'm successful in what I do. So I ask every guest to leave a brick of wisdom. I'm going to ask for you to leave listeners with a brick of wisdom around how they can de-sheep their style. You've given us lots of tips, but what parting words would you leave with a listener? Surround yourself with radiators, not drains. People who celebrate you the way you are is really important. I'm curious if you've sussed out a few words that capture how you'd like to feel and how those words might translate into the component parts of a look. Head on over to Instagram where I'm going to be sharing some experiments with my own geek chic French sexy Sylvie on Emily in Paris. <laughs> um, I'll be experimenting and having a sense of humor and oodles of compassion for myself. So come on over and see how I'm getting on and share some of your insights from the episode too. I'd love that. And while you're on Insta, find Anita at Farron Clark Style, which will also be in the show notes. So who's the one person who came to mind as you were listening? You think, oh, I know my friend so-and-so would really, really love this episode. Thank you so much in advance for sharing it with them. Next time on the pod, I've got Catherine Topham Sly, the happy relationships after kids expert. We talk about how we can stop performing intimacy because so much of the cultural messaging out there is like, this is what it looks like to be sexually intimate. This is how we're supposed to sound in the act of sex. This is what intimacy is supposed to look and feel like. And a lot of it can end up being a performance if we don't feel good enough. So I asked Catherine, how do we drop into the messy, delicious, sincere, genuine intimacy that opens up to us when we really accept ourselves now, not when we've become a smoking hot lover or when we've lost the weight or when we've got that fabulous wardrobe. I mean, like right now, how do we learn to cultivate our relationship with our whole and imperfect self? And how do we bring that into the bedroom? You know, we've got this porn saturated culture. We're living out our lives on social media we're all experiencing this world where we're so often looking at ourselves from the outside in. Everything, we're doing so many things like a performance. So of course it's gonna to happen to our sex lives as well. Mm, it's gonna be a delicious one. So make sure you're following the show so you don't miss the episode when it drops. So now 
See you later. I'm going shopping for a white silk cotton shirt and some shiny brogues. And um, let's do this all again in two weeks. This is Mandy Leto signing out for Enough, the podcast.